the most important capability, I think, for the Starshield is the resilient capability. That means uh, if someone destroys the satellites of the Starshield, the SpaceX company can repair the network very fast. The U.S. government will definitely be the number one customer. But also, I think there are some countries with close intelligence cooperation with the United States will also uh, can you know, buy or take the service of Starshield, like Five Eyes. Space is the final frontier, after all. And developing a robust, uh, mature, uh, satellite technology or constellation of technologies is a stepping stone to going even further uh, into outer space. The Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Hello and welcome to The Chat Lounge. I'm Tuyin. Tech billionaire Elon Musk's SpaceX has unveiled a new satellite project named StarShield, which, like many of um, his other projects, has triggered worldwide concerns and controversy. Joining our discussion on this new satellite project are Dr. Lu Chuanying, Secretary General of the Research Center for the International Governance of Cyberspace, Shanghai Institutes for International Studies. Dr. Kong Dejian, researcher with the Research Institute of Air and Space Law, China University of Political Science and Law, and Andy Mock, Senior Research Fellow at the Center for China and Globalization. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Let me start off with uh, Andy. Would you please first give us a rough idea of um, what Star Shield looks like? We know um, it's made up of a satellite, but do the satellites look like some, you know, real shield that we are familiar with in our daily life? Does it mean, you know, during nighttime when looking up into the sky, we may see some glittering shield-shaped object flying over? Yeah, well, that's a great question. I mean. Um, certainly, by the name, that's what we would think. But you know, I guess the difference is that if we compare it to Starlink, which is designed for consumer and commercial use, uh, Star Shield is meant for government use. But as far as I know, and maybe some of uh, our colleagues on the panel today can shed some light on this. But you know what exactly does that mean? Um, and certainly, I can see this being a very, very complicated offering because, given the the geopolitical state of the world today, that if one is going to uh, provide this kind of service um, that you know may include imagery, communications, and other. Types of services um, clearly offering them to certain governments would make other governments very uncomfortable. So uh, you know, I think uh, this is very, very interesting to say the least. Seems like the potential for controversy uh, is very high, um, and you know that's maybe very much on brand uh, for Elon Musk. But certainly, uh, you know, let's see. <laughs> 
Yeah, sure. Um, Dr. Kong and uh, Dr. Liu, do you have anything to add here? From my viewpoint,、uh, you may see it is a virtual shield composed by a network of thousands of small satellites on low Earth orbit. But more importantly, one of the most critical features of Star Shield, as described on the official website of SpaceX, is resilient capability. In other words, Star Shield can have fast repairing capability when it is distorted in wartime. So that's why、uh, we can see that Star Shield is a virtual shield. Hmm. So that capability may outperform. Other of its、um, peers in space, right?、Uh, yes, the most important、uh, capability I think for the Starship is the resilient capability. So that means、uh, if someone destroys the satellites uh, of the Starship,、uh, the SpaceX company can repair the network very fast. So、uh, this is a unique、uh, feature I think、uh, for the. Huge number of satellites、uh, of low orbit、uh, constellation. So so far, only Star Shield satellites can do that.、Uh, Starlink can do that. Not only the Star Shield, but I don't know. Don't know. Maybe no other satellite constellation can do so. At least at this time, I think.、Mm. And then, Doctor、mm-hmm. Liu. So,、um, to directly to answer your question, I think apparently there's no. Difference between Starlink and、uh, Starshield is not、uh, there's no difference.、Uh, even there's not that much difference between、uh, Starlink and、uh, Starshield in terms of the technology. Generally speaking, they are all, almost the same, but they do have some different in some specific functions. But、uh, I think the 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 major difference Andy just、uh, described is for the military and the national security purpose, and、uh, the reasons are, are quite clear because you no know,、uh, starting have so it's so important、uh, in the Ukraine crisis and、uh, give the capability to the Ukraine government in terms of the military purpose, but it also draw the attention from the、uh, Russian side and.、Uh, Because it's a dual use. You use it for the commercial purpose, and you also use it for the military purpose. So it's very easy to you know attract the this attack from the other side, like Russia. So they just want to make a difference between the military purpose and commercial purpose. And in some situations, it can guarantee the the commercial purpose will not be. Uh, under the attack of other countries,、mm, but、uh, Dr. Liu, why has SpaceX waited until now to unveil it? It's hard to say because you know the the technology、uh, itself. We don't know how it, it you know the progress of the technology itself. But also, I think、uh, they need some time to make the company strategy to distinct you know. Me- Civilian use and the military use, and also, I think another point is important is because of the profit of the government. So, so far, the civilian、uh, users cannot provide too much profit to the starting companies. But there's a potential market for the government, especially for the military and the national security purpose. So, I think that the 
Starshield it uh, will have a lot of contracts from the government and the military, and that is the big profitable market. Uh, and uh, Andy, do you agree with the reason of the timing? Well, I think certainly, you know, one of the reasons for the timing is that SpaceX or Elon Musk has seen that there is a new market opportunity here. And you know, if we think about classic business school marketing, you want to do customer segmentation. So here, by focusing on national security as an industry vertical, um, certainly as as the previous speakers have said. Um, the ability to pay is certainly there,、um, and the ability to offer a customized、uh, suite of products can make a lot of business sense. The other thing too is, I believe one of the new offerings、um, as part of this is imagery. So, again,、uh, the issue though is that by offering something like this to governments, especially presumably the the main Customer will be the military. That by selecting one customer, meaning one country, one can put oneself、uh, right in the middle of a conflict. So you know, imagine you know, like again, you know, Russia and Ukraine. That part of the catalyst, I think, for this is that、uh, Starlink discovery that there's a market in Ukraine for this kind of service.、Uh, but if they do that. Um, that may also make them an adversary of Russia. So, in this way, it might not be such a great business strategy because by choosing one customer, you're automatically eliminating others. Now, that being said, this is not something that cannot be overcome. If we look at the advertising world. Where the an advertising agency, you know, the classic cases, if they choose Coke, they'll never get to work for Pepsi. So this is、uh, not without precedent, but it seems that this is,、uh, you know, it's well, it's not seems. It definitely is a business strategy with risks, with、mm. some very serious risks. Right. So far, you've been stressing、um, on this、um, commercial side of, of、uh, SpaceX launching this project, but、uh, there is also some、um, analysis、um, which focuses on its、uh, military purpose. Probably, because some say maybe it's in in response to Russia's previous strike threats when it comes to Starlink. Andy, do you find any、uh, relationship here? Uh, well, there might be, but I mean, my understanding again of what、uh, Space Shield is is that you know it's called a business unit, and I guess that you know it's also a set of products and services as well.、Um, but that it's、uh, targeting the national security market, so that can include、uh, providing communication services to the military. Um, it can also include what would classically be called、uh, intelligence gathering or spying by providing、uh, satellite imagery. So、uh, again, I think that it's a commercial decision to enter the national security market the way that a, a Boeing or a Raytheon or a Lockheed in the United States decides that they not only have Uh, products for the civilian market, but also for the military or the national security market as well. So,、um, in this way, I think 
you know, in the generic way, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, again, militaries usually have a lot of money. Uh, they're not that price sensitive. They want quality. They want reliability. Uh, but by putting themselves in the space, they could actually uh, make themselves a target for other militaries. And you know, that's to me the question mark or the interesting aspect of, of what they're doing with uh, space, Star Shield. Sorry, I keep saying Space Shield, Star Shield. Right. And uh, Dr. Kong, um, to what extent um, can this, this Star Shield constellation improve the capabilities of, of U.S. military? We know that U.S. military's uh, capabilities in this area are already very advanced, right? Uh, yes, I think uh, uh, Elon Musk uh, is a business businessman, and the reason why he would like to announce the star shield, uh, like the two express sites, is to improve the uh, capability of the national security of the U.S. government. But uh, from the technical viewpoint, uh, there is no big difference between star shield and uh, the Starlink. The only difference I think between them is uh, uh, that the star shield is going to provide the military service for the military troop. Uh, but the Starlink uh, uh, will provide commercial supplies to the civilian people. And uh, uh, of, of course, the Starshield will improve the capability of the uh, US military and its allies. But I do not see any big difference from the technical perspective between Starshield and Star Starlink. The other thing is that the Starshield may be uh, have a partnership with other uh, military satellites of the U.S. troop, like uh, the Starshield may connect itself with the uh, GPS or with other spy satellites of the U.S. U.S. troop. Uh, in that case, uh, the Starshield will play a critical role for the U.S. military in the combat capability. Mm, you just mentioned it may you know, attract a. U.S. allies, um, but um, given the economic situation in, in those countries, how competitive do you think uh, the services provided by Starshield could be to those countries? For those countries, I think they can get some uh, service from, the, from SpaceX, uh, but uh, we have to see that uh, the SpaceX is an American company, and uh, the SpaceX will uh, definitely uh, serve the U.S. troop uh, at its first uh, phase. And uh, uh, even though the European countries and also some Asia countries like uh, uh, South Korea, Japan, they may also get the service from the shared uh, system. But I don't, I don't think uh, they will get the same service as uh, Starshield provided to the U.S. government. Also, for the countries uh, like Russia, China, uh, North Korea, uh, for sure, I think uh, for those countries, we cannot get any kind of service from uh, the Starshield system. Mm. Andy, you, you're a market expert. What's your evaluation here? Yeah, so I think it's you know, there's there's not a lot of details as far as I know, but certainly. Um, 
it uh, you know that one of the main customers will be the national security apparatus of the United States. Um, you know, which of course can include the Department of Defense and the, the military branches of the Army, Navy, Air Force, uh, et cetera. Um, but, you know, does it also include the intelligence agencies as well? So I think this is, seems like that's a safe bet, that certainly those will be customers. Um, but again, as one of the previous speakers mentioned, does it include American allies? Does it include countries that might not uh, be a national security priority for the United States. So, you know, think about perhaps a conflict between two countries in Africa, and one of them wants to buy Star Shield services. And again, imagine this in an offensive way to help them with uh, targeting or offensive capabilities. Would Star Shield sell to, to that particular uh, country's military. Uh, so I think there's a whole host of questions that at least I'm not sure about. I don't know if our other uh, speakers have more clarity on this, um, but certainly, uh, you know, I think it seems pretty safe to say that the U.S. national security apparatus will be a customer, but who else will be customers as well? So I don't know if we should interpret this as the SpaceX is now going to be providing services to the U.S. national security uh, apparatus, or is this for governments around the world? Uh, you know, to me, is one of the more interesting questions. Right. And so can, it, I, can I add sure. something to this question? Yes, yeah, I, I was about to ask you, please. Okay, so I, I think the major service provided by uh, StarShield, uh, I think it's information sharing, intelligence gathering, so the U.S. government will definitely be the number one customer of the Star Shield, but also I think there are uh, some countries with close intelligence cooperation with the United States will also uh, can you know buy or uh, take the service of Star Shield, like Five Eyes, like uh, the United Kingdom, Australia, uh, these countries because they have traditional. Uh, now, very close relations in information sharing and intelligence gathering. And also, I think for the military part, the U.S. also has a, a network globally. They have the uh, close uh, cyber relationship with Japan, with some NATO countries. So I believe that uh, uh, those countries will also be part of the potential customers of Star Shield. It also it always depends on the U.S. The military and intelligence relations with its partners. Mm, then mm, one more thing from one more thing from my side. Uh, I think Elon Musk is a businessman. I like as long as the U.S. government does not set the export control on Starshield, I think Elon Musk will not refuse to provide service to other countries if those countries pay money to Star. Shield. But of yeah. course, one of the most uh, critical one is that SpaceX is a company based uh, in America. So it, it has to follow the US law. Uh, we have to wait and see whether the US law will set any export control uh, on the on Star Shield. One of the important uh, consideration of the government, whether the government will 
by the service of Starshield is the, because a lot of this information are very sensitive. Whether I trust you know, Elon Musk or SpaceX uh, companies, right? I think for most countries, they will not trust our U.S. companies. Right. The, the, Unless yes. they have uh, close relations with U.S. government. The Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. Security concern aside, how cheap or how cost-effective do you think the services uh, provided uh, by Starshield could be, um, Dr. Kong? Uh, you can see the experience from the Starlink. The Starlink, uh, I don't know uh, how, how much the price for the service, but I do think uh, the Starshield is a uh, is a system provided uh, provide, providing the military application to the military troop. So I, I think uh, uh, the price of Star Shield uh, will not so low. I, I mean, it will, uh, will expensive compared with uh, uh, the contract uh, between the US company and the uh, Department of uh, Defense uh, of the US government. I think the price will not be, uh, not be low. Mm, and uh, Dr. Lu or Andy, Price-wise, do you, do you have any idea here? I personally believe that the price is not a problem for from the customer side because you know the, the customers are military and intelligence. They have a lot of money and they cannot buy the find the you know, alternatives choices. So compared with the, the commercial and use of SpaceX is is about some. I think it's five hundred US dollars per month, so it's very cheap compared with the military, you know, users. Mm, I'm not quite sure. So what... I would agree with that too. Right. Continue, please, Andy. Oh, or... I was just going to say, no. I, yeah, I was just going to say, no. I would agree that, you know, first price is usually not the primary consideration for. Uh, military or intelligence applications, mm. especially uh, if what's being purchased is strategic in nature, meaning that it can uh, affect the outcome of a battle or a war. So I think that in this way, it's good business, meaning that you can charge what it's worth, not what it costs you. And then I think the other reason why you know, th there's good pricing power on this, which was also mentioned by one of our uh, speakers just now, is that if you need intelligence or you need the ability to communicate with soldiers in the field and you don't have another alternative, uh, then, you know, whatever you charge is whatever you charge. So, so in this way, it could be a very good business, mm. very profitable business. Right. And, um, China is a is a powerhouse in you know uh, satellite communication, but I'm not quite sure how big China's share is on this market. But Andy, do you have any idea uh, whether this Starlink or Star Shield may affect China's market share here? Well, I'm not sure. I would look at it that way necessarily, all right? Um, because first of all, we know that for military applications, especially those that are considered strategic, um, countries work very hard to not only secure their own access 
uh, but to prevent their adversaries or those seen as potential adversaries from access to those resources. And of course, you know, these are this is where export controls play an important role, as one of our guests uh, said earlier. The other issue is that, of course, China has its own Beidou satellite uh, network. So, you know, and I don't know if it's, you know, we can say it's competing directly with either Starlink or uh, Spacelink or, or Star Shield. Um, so I think we have to see. But um, again, I think if, if we're thinking about the national security market, that uh, competition from companies that are seen as in the countries of adversaries or potential adversaries would not be competitors at all. Right. And let's move on to uh, the controversy that a star shield may face. Previously, SpaceX um, satellite project Starlink has triggered wide criticism from um, either environmental groups and air and space law experts. So, uh, Dr. Cohn, are we expecting Starshield to, to face the same or even fiercer lashing? I would say Starshield would definitely face more criticism compared with Starlink. Starlink launched too many satellites into outer space to endanger the traffic order and the safety of, of other spacecraft. For example, the satellites from Starlink conducted two near encounters with the Chinese space station last year. Uh, in addition, uh, satellites of Starlink are low cost with a lifespan of just two to three years. So that Starlink will create a huge uh, of space debris. And this would damage environment of outer space. Starlink got many criticism from the environmental group. But uh, it, at least uh, Starlink is a commercial system, but uh, Starshield goes for and Starshield is a military installation. So I guess Starshield would definitely face much more criticism compared with the Starlink. Mm. And, and Dr. Lu, but, uh, you know, in fact, there are, there are thousands of satellite constellations in space, and China also got it, its own um, such constellation, satellite constellations. But why do you think Starlink and Starshield get, you know, singled out for criticism? They have, uh, you know, the biggest size. They have over 3,000 satellites in the space, much higher than all of the other countries and other companies. So for most country or for most the companies, they have you no know, hundred and and a dozen of satellite in the space. But they have you no know, three thousand. In the future, they will have a more. So it you know the biggest size of the SpaceX company itself will draw their you know attention from the environment groups and the other law experts. So this is the the most important thing, and uh, and also I think it because uh, uh, this no it's it's a new thing right because in previously we have very limited satellite in space provide some specific service to some specific purpose, but uh, Starlink is for and the Starshield is uh, is a communication uh, satellite 
and provide the service to the you know, millions of the users globally. So it will cause a lot of the new problems. There's, because in the space, there's uh, it's, it's not in the earth. There's, there's no loss in some sense uh, over there. And uh, it's a new phenomenon. And uh, I don't know, it will cause a lot of the new, new problems. And the, uh, we, they do have some criticize the critics from the, some groups, but it will, in the future, it will have more pressures or criticize from you know, a lot of the different uh, groups. Mm, Andy, do you think it's fair? It draws criticism just because it's, it's just too, too big? Well, you know, I'm not sure that it does. So I think Starlink is much more of a feel-good story, right? Because, you know, we all know that one of the problems uh, facing the world is inequality. And increasingly, digital exclusion, meaning being unable to access the internet, uh, is really seen as one of the biggest obstacles keeping people from leading better lives. So I think Starlink, by making internet connectivity, at least theoretically, available to anyone in the world, is certainly a very feel-good kind of story that many people, you know, intrinsically would want to support. Uh, the problem with Star Shield is that most people that you know tend to be more liberal, uh, that are most active on social media, more social activists, uh, are against the military, rightly or wrongly. But they feel that uh, anything that makes uh, the use of violence better, more effective, uh, is bad or evil. So I think uh, in this way, uh, Star Shield probably will get more criticism than Starlink. Mm, we know that um, what the U.S. company is doing has actually um, attracted um, criticism from experts who are saying that um, those projects are actually not in line with the Outer Space Treaty. So are we going to see, you know, it's just a criticism that there, there won't be any real moves to stop such projects in the future, right, um, Dr. Kong? This treaty is the uh, most important international legal documents governing international space activities. Most of the space countries like America, Russia, and China are member states about this treaty. A space treaty does lie down uh, critical principles governing space activities. The space treaty may urge member states to take the responsibility of space activities by their governments and uh, uh, the non-government entities' activities. But unfortunately, I have to say that it may not limit the development of the projects like Starlink or Starshield. Besides the uh, Earth Space Treaties, uh, a mechanism relevant with Starlink uh, and Starshield is the International Telecommunication Union rules system. Uh, when SpaceX plans to launch satellites of uh, Starlink or Starshield, it has to coordinate orbits and frequency with other users of outer space uh, under the ITU framework. However, the ITU rule system relies on a first-come, first-served approach. Based on this approach, 
honestly, SpaceX may make use of ITU rules to occupy huge resources of orbits and frequency. And ITU may not uh, limit it because SpaceX does have the ability to launch and operate its satellites in the outer space. So I do not think uh, at this time there are some legal mechanism to uh, limit such kind of activities like Musk uh, did. Uh, so it's just a criticism. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing else we can do. At least at this time, we do not have the international convention or international rules to limit its activities. Because honestly, the activities conducted by the SpaceX is legal. And also, I want to add sure. uh, a point because um, you know the the biggest the customer of the Star Shield is U.S. government, U.S. military. So it will get the support of the U.S. military and the U.S. government, right? So without the support of the U.S. government, which is the biggest player of outer space uh, treaty, so without support from them, how can we reach agreement, right? So we cannot expect the U.S. government will now support this treaty, which is to constrain the development of its own capability. So this is the, the major logic. Yeah, indeed. Yes. So, Andy, can you think of any way that other countries or governments can limit? I wouldn't say it's um, mad behavior, but it sometimes seems excessive. Mm. Well, I think there's a couple ways. I mean, one, of course, is to change the rules. And of course, that would have to be done uh, through the ITU, uh, as, as we just heard. Um, you know, the other way, then, is through diplomacy, um, because if it's important enough to any particular country or group of countries, you know, there's negotiations, or we could even say, you know, pressure that can be put on certain countries to either limit or uh, completely eliminate certain behaviors. Now, how practical that is, I certainly don't know, uh, but those are ways that you know could be steps that could be taken to uh, restrict the growth of businesses like Space Shield. And of course, the other way is to uh, build your own. And here, uh, you know, again, we see this dynamic of a kind of an arms race, right? Where presumably, you know, what SpaceX is offering through Starshield is, uh, you know, greater innovation, the uh, energy innovativeness of the private sector uh, applied to national security type activities for a subset of governments in the world. So, what about the governments that don't have access? You know, as we're making a couple of assumptions here. One, that this indeed will deliver a better product um, and that other countries cannot access it and will want access to it. So if that's the case, you know, either you have to find a way to stop the other side uh, or you have to build your own. So I think we have to see. And, you know, frankly, I would have some questions uh, about this because, you know, we've seen 
with space programs that, you know, there has been uh, a belief in the United States of the importance of free markets and uh, the, the democratic system. But we've also seen, look at the USSR, which was the first to space with Sputnik. We've seen other systems, including uh, Nazi Germany, develop some of the most advanced uh, aeronautic stuff, right? Uh, missiles, uh, et cetera, even airplanes uh, that are clearly not private sector driven. So, uh, you know, I think we have to, we have to wait and see. Yeah, but as you said, you can either join it or try to destroy it. But we've seen Russia um, previously hinting it may list Starlink as a legitimate target for retaliation because it's considered quasi-civilian infrastructure. No, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly, right? So, right. you know, from a commercial perspective, I think that's, you know, it's, it's quite a, we could say a risky, or perhaps we could say it's a bold step to take. Uh, but certainly it seems that, you know, it's, it has some, certainly some very real potential risk to it. Yeah, but how likely do you think uh, Russia could actually make a real move? Well, I believe most major countries do have uh, a certain amount of anti-satellite capability. But I think it's not just capability because this also would have, I think, pretty severe political repercussions as well. So, you know, one has to look at, you know, what is, you know, again, being very hypothetical here, um, what would Starshield be providing? How damaging would it be to an adversary uh, of a Starlink, a Starshield client where they would feel it's worth it to take out uh, you know, some star shield capability. So again, a lot of hypotheticals. The Chat Lounge. The Chat Lounge unpacks views and opinions on hot issues in a more casual way. And hypothetically, uh, Dr. Cohn, under what circumstances might star shield be attacked? From my viewpoint, uh, in theory, star shield may become the Russia's military target in the conflict will Starshield was viewed as a weapon system of its enemies. However, Starshield is a system of the US citizens and therefore the nationality of Starshield is America. So if Russia attacks the US space others, I guess the US government is not going to sit by and do nothing. Therefore, I would say that Russia may not attack Starshield in real, unless in the direct conflict between Russia and America. Mm. And Dr. Lu, do you think it's just um, rhetoric um, and uh, such a scenario wouldn't take place under any circumstance? Yeah, I may have different uh, perspective. I think when the Starshield announced its major purpose is to provide service to the national security and the military, and it well under the attack of the Russian for all the times, uh, and for all of other major countries uh, from cyber attack. It's not a physical attack to the infrastructure, but mm. the virtual cyber attack all the times. So from the current international law, it's not prohibit such kind of the cyber attack. 
So there are a different kind of the cyber attack. You can penetrate, you can steal the data, and you can uh, stop the service of the satellite. There are various kinds of cyber attack, but uh, uh, I believe that this uh, important target from our uh, from Russian perspective, so it will under the cyber attack all the time. Mm, if that happens, how destructive would it be then? I think it's it's qu- quite normal in terms of the cyber attack because you now you are not destroyed is the, the the infrastructure. It's just the, the data and the service. And you can, because it has own re- resilience system, it can recover from attack, right? It's kind of the persist engagement from the U.S. Uh, perspective. So it's like the we attack you, you attack me, but uh, we are not uh, destroying the, the, the satellite. So it's just attack the system. So I will recover it. So it's kind of the quite normal or, Operation in terms of、uh, cyber space. If I may, if I may, I would like to add one more thing from、sure. the international law、uh, perspective. As we all know, that、uh, as the very early stage of the Russia-Ukraine conflict,、uh, SpaceX provided、uh, some、uh, terminals to the Ukraine side. At that time, the Russia、mm, threats to destroy. The satellites of Starlink, but、uh, from the perspective of international law,、uh, whether a, whether a government or a military troop can destroy or attack、uh, a satellite system、uh, which is、uh, operating which is operating by a a company, not、uh, by another state or by another military troop,、uh, that is uh, uh, not so clear. Uh, in international law,、uh, the same for Starshield. Even the Starshield is、uh, going to provide、uh, military service to the U.S. government or its allies. But we have to see that uh, uh, the ownership uh, of the Starshield is belonging to a commercial company, not to、uh, the U.S. military troop. So,、uh, from the perspective of international law. We have to do more research on、uh, whether a country to attack、uh, another commercial system is legal or uh, uh, not legal. But、so、some, it is、uh, not clear now. But some attacks would just、uh, take place、uh, in spite of、uh, mm-hmm. the laws. So yes, Andy's. I'm wondering how far or how close are we? To such a cyber、uh, attack surrounding Starshield, I think we would really have to see again how much of a threat it were to pose to、uh, an adversary. So you know, if it's only providing, say, just some basic communication services, I would imagine、uh, that most countries would feel like the cost of attacking. Uh, or disabling、uh, this kind of service might not be worth it、um, again because of all the other complexities.、Um, but if it was seen as a very real threat, you know, again, I think it would be a no-brainer to say, you know, if you know a country had the capability to either disrupt or 
electronically disable or physically destroy uh, these satellites. It certainly would. And it would all depend on the level of threat it were seen to, to pose to that country. Mm. We've seen China previously voicing uh, concerns over you know, the threat Starlink may pose to its uh, cyber space. And um, if I remember correctly, China started the creation of a satellite constellation called um, Hongyan uh, the year after the announcement of Starlink. So, Andy, what kind of um, chain reaction may Starshield trigger from Beijing or other countries this time? Well, you know, I think we have to see, because I would not focus so much on the economic model by which certain national security capabilities were being delivered, um, but the capabilities themselves. So, you know, if it were shown that, you know, a privately owned company can deliver better national security imagery, communications, uh, launch services, you know, whatever the metrics we want to use to, you know, to measure that by, were shown to be true and reproducible, then I think it would certainly make sense for any country, including China, to copy that capability or that model. But, you know, again, I think it's a big question mark. Um, Is that really true? And we've seen China uh, achieve a number of uh, remarkable technological successes and breakthroughs uh, in space, in the national security uh, military sphere, uh, without, at least as far as I know, not being driven by private sector organizations. So I would look more to the actual capabilities themselves and not so much the economic form in which those capabilities are being delivered. Mm. And uh, Dr. Liu, what's your interpretation here? So I I think, you know, I agree with uh, what Andy said, either to, you know, to join with this, to develop your own capabilities. But the problem is it's not easy for other countries to, to do the same thing. Because you no, know, they have uh, three thousand satellites in space, and is there any other country can do that? I I doubt about that. Even China. And another question for for China and other countries is, most tech companies do not get involved in this field, which you know military and uh, intelligence. They don't want to be. You not know, get the sanction from the U.S. or other countries. So that's the reason why so far we did not see any of Chinese tech companies like uh, even Huawei and uh, Tencent, Alibaba, to invest in these areas. They they did have some uh, military background uh, uh, companies. Xiaomi Xiaomi did invest, right? Galaxy Galaxy Space. Sorry, I I did not uh, found the. Uh, they have the satellite or they have the plan uh, to uh, launch uh, so much satellite in the future. Right. So uh, my, my understanding is first uh, the you know, question of the national security and also the technique. It's not uh, easy to, to copy the technology and also to copy the 
because SpaceX also have uh, uh, another uh, capability to, to, to have the rocket, right? They have very advanced rocket to uh, very cheap. And so all this, uh, put all this together, I think everybody wants to have our Starlink and Starshield, but cannot copy that model. So I don't know what in what will be in the long near terms. I, uh, maybe SpaceX will be the only company can provide the uh, you no know, satellite internet to the massive end user on the Earth. Mm. And Dr. Cohen, do you have any different take here? Uh, yes, from my viewpoint, that uh, I think uh, we have to wait and see. Uh, whether the Chinese government uh, will allow uh, allow the Starlink to operate business inside China, uh, as a foreign internet service provider, uh, I think uh, SpaceX may not follow the Chinese law on internet management, and therefore Starlink may endanger uh, China's national security, in particular its political security. Uh, even this, we have to say that uh, both Starlink and Starshield are system built by a commercial company, SpaceX, and the two systems violate neither international law, nor China's law, and the US law at this time. The only thing for Chinese government to do is to build its own version of military or civil satellite communication system like uh, Galaxy Space, as you just mentioned, uh, to compete with the Starlink or Starshield and, and to decry the advantages of its competitors, including the US government. And also, uh, we established a new uh, state-owned company. Uh, it, this company will uh, launch, I guess, more than 12 thousands satellites into the outer space to compete with uh, with the Starlink. So maybe in the future, uh, there will some uh, Chinese companies who have the uh, ability or capability to compete with uh, the Starlink or Starshield. Mm, final question to you all. With thousands of uh, satellite constellations in space presently, people are actually saying we, we will witness even more launches in, in the coming years. So how concerned or how excited you would be about such an outlook? Um, shall we start with uh, Dr. Liu? Sure. I, I believe, forget about the Starlink or Starshield. I think uh, the satellite internet is a great achievement, especially it provides the service to the uh, massive end user. It will change dramatically change the cyberspace and the space. It connect the two different spaces, and it will create a lot of the new technology, new uh, scenarios, new industry. So I'm very uh, no, excited to uh, look in the future. They will have a more uh, creative business model and uh, innovative technology in the future. Mm, and. Uh... Dr. Kong, please. Uh, from my viewpoint, uh, space technology originated from uh, the military department. So uh, neither uh, other Starlink or Starshield 
Uh, I think uh, it doesn't matter whether it uh, um, provides uh, military service or the civil service. At least uh, uh, most of the space system will benefit the human, uh, as, uh, I mean, as a whole group, not only to some, uh, uh, some few countries. So uh, in the future, I guess the space uh, technology uh, will continue to uh, benefit the human people. I'm very confident on, on, on this. One of the, I think, uh, important example is the GPS. GPS is a dual system. It was uh, built by the uh, US uh, Air Force or uh, Department of Defense. But uh, at this time, we use GPS, I mean, every day. So uh, the space technology uh, will uh, for sure benefit to all of us. Right. And last but not least, Andy, please. Uh, no, I would echo what everyone else said and that I think uh, it's very exciting and I'm enthusiastic about this for the reasons that other people have just said. But in addition, uh, space is the final frontier after all. And uh, developing a robust, uh, mature uh, satellite technology or constellation of technologies is a stepping stone to going even further uh, into outer space. So I would agree completely that I think these are all largely positive developments. Yeah, because we're mainly uh, tech lovers here. It might be uh, different if we've got some uh, environmentalists here, but uh, I totally agree. And with that, we wrap up today's chat. Many thanks to Andy Mock, Senior Research Fellow at the Center for China and Globalization, Dr. Lu Chuan Ying, Secretary General of the Research Center for the International Governance of Cyberspace, Shanghai Institutes for International Studies, and Dr. Kong Dejian, researcher with the Research Institute of Air and Space Law, China University of Political Science and Law for sharing your insights with us. Please feel free to leave a review or comment for us and subscribe to the Chat Lounge wherever you get your favorite podcasts. I'm Tuyun. Thank you for being with us. Ever wondered what's actually going on in Africa through the perspective of an African? How are things really going between China and Africa? What's the narrative of this relationship? Well, get a perspective with China-Africa talk. Hear from African diplomats, entrepreneurs, academics, Chinese natives, and more. Get an hour wavelength every week to find out what's real with China-Africa talk. Find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast, and more. We'll see you there.